get the meaning behind the numbers, and more. This is TSN Hockey Analytics on TSN 1050, the voice of hockey. Welcome, welcome everybody back to the 12 p.m. slot here. On TSN 1050 Saturdays, I'm Andy McNamara. NHL Trade Deadline Edition of TSN Hockey Analytics delivered by Domino's. Big show today. We're going to break it all down for you. Travis Yost from TSN.ca stops by in just a moment. After him, Sean Tierney, Hockey Graphs, and The Athletic. Then we go to Ottawa. They're kind of the movers and shakers of this thing so far with still moves to make. Chris Stevenson contributor to TSN 1200 Ottawa and The Athletic. And then some fantasy hockey talk with James Harding. In that, I want to get with, into it with James of what's the fantasy impact for your team for players that get traded, the player themselves, but then also all the fallout, the teams they go to, the players around them, the teams they leave behind. So we'll kind of dive in to all that there. But we are delivered by Domino's. Grab a large four-topping pizza for just $12.99. Check out all the great deals on dominoes.ca. And also, a little bit of news, the TSN Analytics account on Twitter, at TSN Analytics, producer Sean Lavery told me, we've cracked 20,000 followers, folks. 20,000. So thank you so much to all of you for following over these five seasons. And to celebrate that, I'm going to be giving away some Domino's pizza. How about that? I'll give away some Domino's pizza. I'll tell you how to win it a little bit later on. But let's welcome in on the Domino's pizza delivery line. It's Travis Yost. Travis, how's it going, buddy? Hold on, hold on. If there's free pizza being given out, how do I get in? What's the line look like? How many tickets can I buy? Listen, now, unfortunately, you have to cross the border. This is Domino's Canada, my friend. We have to... We have oh, to f- you hate to hear that. Oh. You hate to hear yeah, that. You know what? We're going to have to try to find like some like cross-border promotion and, and sneak you in, s- smuggling some coupons or something. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work on this. That's going to be my <laughs> night job, is working out some American sponsorship at a pizza yes. place here in the United States. Absolutely. I like it. Well, Travis, you know what, though, man? In all seriousness, you're a day oneer. Uh, season five here, and the account hit twenty thousand followers, and you're a big part of that, bro. So thank you very much for all you do. Oh, thank you. No, with the you're program. also a day oneer. So nice job. That's by true. You. Let's get going. Let's, here. let's do it. And let's begin with the Matt Deshane trade. So being moved to Columbus in exchange, we got two forward prospects, first round pick at June's draft, another conditional first round pick that hinges on Deshane resigning in Columbus. So the surprising part of the deal was that he was moved to the Blue Jackets in part because they have their own trade talent to deal with, right? Aaron Bobrovsky, what do you make of the Deshane trade, and, and ultimately, what does it mean now for the Columbus Blue Jackets? Uh, so, the Columbus, the Columbus perspective, I, I gotta say, man, I, I have the utmost respect for Yarmo here, and I'll say this: I'll say this is the reason why most GMs and most front offices are very conservative and only become aggressive when their job security is. In, at risk, it, you know, being questioned, they're on the hot seat, whatever verbiage you want to use. Yarmo is basically saying, I've got a good team, although they didn't look that great last night. I've got a good team. I can be really good with Matt Duchesne, and acquiring Matt Duchesne doesn't really prohibit what I do, especially as it relates to the bread man, Artemi Panarin, or Sergei Bobrovsky, right? Like, all he did was go out and add a very high-quality player at a at an okay price. And and I think that is a fair argument to make if you're Columbus, because if you look at the Eastern Conference, Washington is not as good this year. Pittsburgh is not the same team as they were four years ago. The Islanders, you know, as, as Cinderella as the season is, they're not nearly as good as their record indicates. And I, I know that's going to really piss Islanders fans off, but it, that's the reality. They're, they're playoff caliber. They're not first in division yeah. caliber. 
Um, it, Columbus can legitimately win that division. They really can. And, and it starts with making the playoffs. Um, you know, people forget, I think sometimes people forget that Columbus, more than any team in the league last year, um, gave Washington fits in the playoffs and really should have won that series. Yeah. Let's be honest. They choked that, they choked that series away. So they're, they're making a big, big bet on Matthew Shane here. There's no doubt about that. Um, what, what I find interesting though, so Columbus is clearly in contention mode, but I would call it hybrid contention because they can turn around and still trade Panarin, recoup as many picks and prospects as they lost to Ottawa, and still be in a position today where they can contend, right? Like they have Duchesne and Bobrovsky, or maybe they just have Duchesne and they trade both of those guys. I, I don't hmm. think it prohibits what they can do. From the Ottawa side, look, Duchesne was gone. Everyone knew that. Yeah. That's, that's the oldest story in the books. I think they did okay. Um, I I think they did horribly if you consider the Duchesne trade v one. But I again, if I'm being, if I want to be a little more kind to Ottawa here and what they were able to do at the deadline, they got two B prospects and a and a very desirable desirable first round pick, and I think that's decent. Um, I, I do think there are questions about the prospects. Like I, I know a lot of uh, a lot of people who watch it, quite frankly, much closer than I do at the AHL level. Uh, really like Abramov as a player. Um, incredible skill set, incredible toolbox. Really looks like a high-end playmaker. Um, unfortunately, he's got 22 points in 50-some-odd AHL games. So I, yeah, I know yeah. it's year one of his professional career, but year one has not looked all that good for the most intriguing prospect in the return. And where I really dock Ottawa here is I don't, I don't understand this second conditional pick, and here's why. Why does Ottawa care if Duchesne extends in Columbus versus, say, Carolina or Long yeah, Island or the Rangers or Calgary? They only get another first-round pick if he extends in Columbus. So if, if Duchesne turns around and leaves and signs with, I'm making it up, but let's say he signs in Calgary next summer, uh, Ottawa gets nothing out of that. That pick is gone. It is lost. And, and ultimately... That pick, although it looked like a, quote, first-round pick at the time of the trade, was nothing. And this is a very – the point I'm emphasizing here is this is a very conditional, conditional first-round pick. And if that pick doesn't materialize, you're basically looking at two B-level prospects and a lottery-protected first-round pick for Matthew Shane, which, quite frankly, isn't that good. But, again, I have to give Ottawa some, uh, some of a break here. They're in a bind. Everyone knew Duchesne was being traded. They only had two days left. I don't know how much more they could have gotten, but again, it's it doesn't feel like they got enough still for for a player of his caliber. No, and a deal going down earlier Saturday, a minor one. Uh, Dallas Stars uh, get Ben Lovejoy in exchange for Connor Carrick and a 2019 third round pick from the New Jersey Devils. So, uh, in conversation with Travis Yost from TSN.ca on Twitter at Travis Yost. Now, Travis, prior to the Deshane deal going down, there was a lot made about whether or not Deshane should play in the sense final handful of games before. The deadline, of course, should Deshane have been injured in any sort of significant way, that would have decreased his value and maybe not made him movable at all. Now, this week on TSN.ca, you advocated for selling teams like the Sens to sit their trade chips out of games to protect their assets, and when that process should start, uh, how far ahead of the, of the deadline there. And it looks like, hey, man, they're following your advice. It's pretty good. I, I know that I actually deserve zero credit for this because I'm sure this is on every GM's mind in the league. No. Um, but someone pointed out to me 15 minutes ago, and I do think it is curious. Um, it's not just Ottawa, right? The Rangers mm-hmm. are sitting all of their players today. The Devils are sitting Marcus Johansson. There, there are a lot of players around the league 
potential trade pieces on true seller teams that are not playing. And I don't, I, I don't know what the impetus was. I, I would love to think it was my piece that spurred everyone's imagination. I just don't think that's the case. But I would love to know what the change was because I, I did agree with the, per, the person who pointed it out today, which is I don't remember as many teams ever sitting even second-tier talent in the way they are right now. And I, and I think part of it, I, again, I wrote about this in depth, there is a lot of risk associated with playing guys even over a single game. If you look at basically 10 years of injury history, um, either in games or between games during practices, and you basically simulate out you know, the odds of taking a medium or long-term injury, basically 10 games, more, or 10 games or more missed due to some medium or long-term injury, uh, there's like around a 1% chance, a little less than 1% chance of that happening over a given game. So if you think about that, you're rolling the dice. In Ottawa's case, they were rolling the dice three separate times. And 99 or uh, of 100 times, it would have said, yeah, you're fine. They're not going to get injured. But in that one of 100 chance, they not only get injured, but they miss significant time. And I, to me, it was a no-brainer for Ottawa. It's also a no-brainer for the Rangers, who are completely eliminated. It's also a no-brainer for New Jersey. I think it gets actually more interesting as a point of discussion when you talk about a team like Philadelphia, they're playing Wayne Simmons. Um, they are they consider themselves in a playoff race, and mathematically, I, I agree they are, and the points matter. But at the same time, he also seems like a very likely trade candidate. So what do you do? Hmm. Um, I, I think it's a really tough ask for those teams that are really on the cut line. But it is interesting to see. It looks like this year is kind of the and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it feels like this year is the maybe the hallmark or, or initiating year where teams are going to start sitting. Uh, star players or quasi-star players or just high-end players at the trade deadline to ensure that those players are injured and that they can trade them appropriately for the assets that they're worth at the deadline. To me, it's a completely defensible strategy. Hockey is a very injury-riddled game. It's a lot, there's a lot of risk of playing these guys, and quite frankly, um, if you're worried about two games of not seeing Matt Zuccarello in the lineup, you've got bigger <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And we'll have to see if that trend also continues heading into the playoffs for teams that got it all wrapped up. So that's uh, something we can dip back into a little bit later on that's in the season. That's a great point. I didn't, even, I didn't even think of that. That's a great point, Andy. Yeah. And so, you know, it, NBA does it, right? So we'll, uh, we'll dive into that a little bit later. But, Travis, great stuff as always, buddy. Thank you. Yeah, take care, Andy. All right, there he goes. Travis Yost, tsn.ca. Got to check out his articles, people, if you don't. I know you do, but if you don't, check it out, tsn.ca, and he posts them all at Travis Yost on Twitter. We're going to step aside. And Sean Tierney from Hockey Graphs and The Athletic joins me next. TSN 1050's trade deadline coverage is brought to you by your Ontario Subaru dealers, Subaru Confidence in Motion. This is TSN Hockey Analytics on TSN 1050. If you're hungry, check out this great deal from Domino's. Unlimited two-topping medium pizzas for just $7.99 each. That's right, as many pizzas as you want with a minimum purchase of two pizzas. So stock up, dig in, and feed that hunger with unlimited two-topping medium pizzas. Perfect for the big game, a busy night with the family, or just because. Order online today at dominoes.ca and add on some great side dishes and dessert. That's dominoes.ca. Get the meaning behind the numbers and more. You're listening to TSN Hockey Analytics on TSN 1050, the voice of hockey. Rolling along 
here at TSN Hockey Analytics on TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca, the iHeartRadio app. Get us on Twitter at TSN Analytics. Myself at AndyMCD1, and you can subscribe and rate us on iTunes, the tsn1050.ca show page as well. We are delivered by Domino's, and folks, I'm giving away some Domino's pizza today in honor of hitting the 20,000 Twitter follower mark from at TSN Analytics. Giving away some Domino's pizza. This is what you're going to have to do. Okay, very simple for you. You just follow at TSN Analytics. You follow me at AndyMC81. And then retweet the show's pinned tweet of this week's episode. So when this show is done, we're going to pin it at TSN Analytics. You retweet that. You follow the show. You follow me. We'll have the random draw Monday for a Domino's pizza prize. Not too shabby. Also not too shabby. Our next guest, Sean Tierney from Hockey Graphs and The Athletic. Shawnee, how's it going, bud? Doing well, Andy. How are you? Doing well, man. Hey. Things are heating up. It seems like that's per usual. Like the actual trade deadline day is quiet and all the action happens before. Uh, we had, of course, the uh, Matt Deshane deal the other day. There was an earlier one, minor one, Ben Lovejoy, Connor Carrick, and a draft pick getting swapped between the Stars and the Devils. But when it comes to Canadian teams, where do you think the focus is going to be now that we still have the, the Sens with some names to move? Um, do you feel like the Jets and Flames could be notable movers and shakers? And, and which Canadian GM is under the most pressure at this year's deadline? I think if we're looking at Canadian GMs that might be most under the gun, uh, it has to be Pierre Dorian. We, the Senators are just, uh, you know, as they crumble sort of around themselves, they're moving out those assets and sitting those players and, and looking to move while well, they've moved Duchesne now and then still Stone and Dezingle and, and who knows if maybe Cody Cece's name winds up sort of floating around there too. And I think if the Senators are serious about selling their fans on the rebuild, that sort of has been the messaging over the past, you know, almost maybe a couple of months, but definitely over the past week, then they really need to recoup some assets for these, you know, legitimate stars that they've moved out over the course of the year. And it's, almost, it's mind-boggling to think someone like Carlson, face of the franchise, and Mark Stone, who by all accounts, both counting stats and advanced stats, is one of the sort of premier forwards in the league. Duchesne was a two-war uh, player when they moved him out. He's had maybe the best season of his career. And then Dezingle at his cap hit has been just you know a phenomenal value for them. If the Senators don't set themselves up with a variety of prospects, a variety of sort of top-round picks at the end of this, um, it will be such a, a horrific squandering of what they had there that uh, I, I'm not sure how the team will dig out of it or how Dorian saves his job. So for me, I think if, if you're looking at the one, it's got to be Ottawa. They've got to really capitalize on these assets and, and get some real value back. I'm not sure I trust that GM to be the one to get hmm. the most value out of these assets, but uh, I think he's the one that's under the most uh, sort of fire here to, to convert. TSN 1050's trade deadline coverage is also brought to you by Golf Town, where the pro shop is always open in conversation with Sean Tierney from Hockey Graphs and The Athletic on Twitter at Charting Hockey. So, Sean, we have Matt Duchesne. He wanted to be moved out of Colorado and go to a playoff contender. He ended up in Ottawa. Now he goes from the Sens to the Blue Jackets. And Columbus isn't exactly a, a lock to make the postseason this year. They're right kind of the middle of the Metropolitan Division logjam and could go either way. So the, the, the plans from the Blue Jackets side of things, because you have on the TSN trade bait list, of course, Panarin, Bobrovsky, you could move them at the deadline. In your mind, now that they made that Duchesne deal, does that more likely than not mean that they're looking to maybe buy more or consider themselves more of a contender than maybe we thought they thought they were? 
Right. I think Kekalainen has really sort of signaled that he's willing to double down on the current version of this roster and run for it. There's really no sense in adding one of the top uh, trade bait guys on an expiring contract unless you think Aaron and, and Bobrovsky are going to stay and maybe you're going to look to add some more and you're going to take a legitimate run. Now, it's kind of a, um, a bold move, to say the least, because their, their playoff spot um, isn't locked in. Columbus has never, uh, you know, sort of gone through a stretch of really strong play. If you're looking at shot share or expected goal share, they've been sort of a break-even, middle-of-the-pack team all year, and their results in the standings have kind of reflected that. Um, I like the Duchesne ad, and I, I like the general idea of, of saying Panarin and Bobrovsky are here. We're a team that's sort of meant to take a run right now. Let's do it. Duchesne adds a lot to that top six. Their top two lines are the way that they have them constructed, can sort of rival any two top lines league-wide probably in terms of the war and, and the overall contributions they get. The issue for the Blue Jackets is going to be that the forwards probably weren't the number one spot where they really needed to add their defense core on the whole has been about a three-and-a-half war group based on data from uh, EvolvingHockey.com. And so, uh, you know, that group just hasn't produced at, at an even average level for a defense. And then Bobrovsky has been just so up and down this season with huge peaks and huge valleys. And he's coming off a shutout, but, uh, you know, he's just been sort of barely above break-even this year, too. I think if Kekalein and Sirius, this has to be the first in a series of moves, not the end of the adding. They probably need someone in their top six. And it wouldn't be crazy to, you know, sort of check prices on backup goalies in case Bobrovsky goes through one of those sort of death valleys as they get into the playoff stretch. So hmm. I like the move. It's bold. It's exciting, I think. But uh, they can't be done if, if they fancy themselves uh, a playoff team, I think. Right, so maybe this is just the first step. Uh, Sean, let's shift our focus um, for a sec here and, and go to Patrick Laine of the Jets. Potted two goals last night. Of course, prior to yesterday's game, Laine only had one goal in all of 2019. Since January, since the calendar turned. What was it about Laine's game of late that resulted in such a dramatic scoring slump in your mind? And if he goes through a dry spell like this in the playoffs, how much will Winnipeg's chances take a hit at being true cup contenders? So I treat it, or tweet out um, shot maps using moneypuck.com data. And Patrick Laine is uh, one of the most incredible shot maps to look at. He shoots from about 37 feet out on average. And for forwards, the average is about 28 feet. So if you can imagine, he's about 10 feet further back than average for a forward. And that's something that you see sometimes with an elite-level sniper, somebody in the Ovechkin kind of mold, a guy who can really step back in that face-off dot and let it fly from there and can still score. But the issue with those long-distance bombers is there's a lot of distance to travel. There's a lot of players in the way. Um, and it, it's just difficult to maintain a consistent threat from that kind of distance. So, you know, when you look at Lenny's under, underlying numbers, his expected goal rate, the sort of trending average as we go, it had really dropped off, and, and that was reflected in the results. He wasn't scoring, and he wasn't generating lots of quality. And, and that can happen to a player who shoots from the distance he does. Um, as we've trended on in the past week or maybe two, we've seen the XG rate um, sort of tick up for him. He's back up to that high level, something like a, an Austin Matthews level. That tells you just how much quantity he's throwing on net from that kind of distance. I think in the end, uh, Lane has got that kind of shot to say it's okay that he shoots from where he does because he can score from there. But if he bottoms out like that again as the Jets are going through the first round of the playoffs, He's a significant piece in that offense, and that will really hurt a team 
that sort of had their struggles under the hood in being a high-quality offense anyway. So, um, you know, I'm not surprised to see that he fell off the way he shoots. I'm not surprised he's kind of had that uptick to uh, re-support him. But, uh, you know, for the Jets and Jets fans, I would be really worried that that well could really sink them in the first round. Hmm. Sean, great stuff as always, buddy. Let's do it again in, a, I guess, a couple weeks. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Andy. All right, Sean Tierney. From Hockey Grass, from The Athletic, on Twitter, at Charting Hockey. And I say it all the time we have Sean on. you got to follow him, and you have to check out his Twitter accounts. He makes the, the charts so user-friendly, and it really gives you an interesting perspective on what you're watching and the underlying numbers and why they're important, which is kind of the whole point of the show. So, in any case, we will step aside and head to Ottawa next. Chris Stevenson, contributor to TSN 1200 Ottawa and The Athletic. After him, it will be James Harding from NHL.com for some fantasy hockey Talk. That is next. TSN Hockey Analytics. Get the meaning behind the numbers and more. This is TSN Hockey Analytics on TSN 1050, the voice of hockey. Back on TSN Hockey Analytics, TSN 1050, TSN1050.ca, the iHeartRadio app. I'm Andy McNamara. You can get us on Twitter at TSN Analytics at AndyMC81 and iTunes. If you miss us there, TSN1050.ca. And we are delivered by Domino's. Get a large four-topping pizza for just $12.99. How about that trade deadline day? Go grab yourself some Domino's. Sit back and see what the heck happens. Of course, coverage all over TSN.ca, the television side, the radio side, every which way. I have a trade deadline special on TSN 1050 Sunday night, 7 to 10 p.m. So make sure to tune in for that. And we'll, hey, we'll talk to insiders, swing around different markets, and see what else happens. There's already... One deal today, right? Minor one. Dallas Stars get Ben Lovejoy in exchange for Connor Carrick and a 2019 third-round pick from the New Jersey Devils. Will any blockbuster happen? Will Mark Stone head out of Ottawa? Will who know, Will the Leafs do anything, right? We're going to track it up. And I will also be giving away some Domino's pizza in celebration again of our 20,000th Twitter follower at TSN Analytics. And again, quick shout out just to, to all the producers over the years. Tyler Hunt started this whole thing off. Uh, Joe Nars has done such a great job in past years. Sean Lavery now. And just a, a commitment to this show and to all of you for listening. So thank you there. So to win the Domino's pizza, what you do, follow at TSN Analytics, at AndyMC81 on Twitter, and retweet our show pin tweet. So after the show's done, it's going to go up on the, the uh, Analytics Twitter account. You retweet that, and we'll do a draw on Monday. Uh, we're trying to get a hold of Chris Stevenson from TSN 1200 and The Athletic in Ottawa. If we can't reach him, that's, that's okay. We've talked plenty of sends. Maybe something's, maybe something's breaking right now. I don't know. And in a few minutes' time, we'll get to James Harding from NHL.com, fantasy hockey writer. And to get into it with James, because I think from the fantasy perspective, from your fantasy team, whether you're playing daily, whether you're in league season, what happens, not just to the player who gets uh, traded. So for, let's say, Matt Duchesne. Not just what that means fantasy-wise for Duchesne, but what about for the Senators? Who steps up? Who could benefit fantasy-wise there? Who benefits or maybe has a detriment to them on the Columbus Blue Jackets, like there's so many different layers that you can do when it comes to who and and what fantasy wise it happens with these different trades. So uh, we'll get into that. Doesn't look like we'll be able to get a hold of Chris. So we'll hear from our TSN Hockey Insider Bob McKenzie. We know Deshane's gone. Ottawa still the power players 
right here when it comes to the trade deadline. The next big name, Mark Stone. Bob McKenzie chatted on Overdrive about teams pursuing Stone. Well, certainly the Winnipeg Jets, uh, certainly the Nashville Predators. Uh, see, the pre- Predators had some interest in Matt Duchesne, but I think they had a lot more interest in uh, Mark Stone. Uh, Calgary Flames, they have interest in, in Mark Stone. And I think the New York Islanders. I'm sure there are others. I mean, in the summer, there was every reason to believe that Colorado was really, really, really anxious to either try and do a deal with with uh, with the Ottawa Senators for Mark Stone. Um, and there was even some talk leading up to the season that Colorado was going to offer sheet Mark Stone last summer. There was all sorts of rumors of that. Didn't happen. And as I said back then, that's when you know offer sheets were dead because Stone was the absolute ideal candidate to offer sheet because if the if the Sens matched the offer, they would not have been able to trade him at the deadline. They would have had to hold on to him until the end of free agency. So they almost certainly would have been leveraged in to either take the compensation for Stone or to do a deal with whichever team put up the offer sheet. So that, as I say, that didn't happen. So I don't know if Colorado, where they are right now, and the the notion that this is a rental, and that's the complicating factor for everybody, is. Mark Stone as a rental versus Mark Stone as somebody you can sign to a deal. And um, I don't think, and I could be wrong on this at this point in time, I don't think Pierre Dorian is sitting there in concert with Mark Stone and his representatives saying, you know, yeah, you can talk to other teams and let's see if we can get you an extension somewhere and we'll get more in the deal. I think they're just going to do what they did with Duchesne, and that is do a deal and then put in a conditional part that says, hey, if you, uh, if you re-sign this guy, um, we get X... X, Y, and Z, or just X, or X and Y, or X, Y, and Z. That was Bob McKenzie, TSN Hockey Insider, on Overdrive here on TSN 1050. That's about Mark Stone. So we know Duchesne is gone, and to the Columbus Blue Jackets, as we've talked about during the show, a little bit of a surprise, because if you look at the TSN.ca trade track, or trade bait, you still see the Columbus Blue Jackets with Panarin as the number two ranked prospect to go. You have Bobrovsky still on the list. He's ranked number 15. So it seemed like they being a bit of a tweener team, right? They're third in the Metro right now, six and four in their last 10, 71 points, far from a sure thing. Does this make them a player? Does this make them a true contender? We heard both sides from it, from Travis Yost earlier saying it doesn't prohibit them from still moving. And then from Sean Tierney saying, well, you know what? It probably does mean they're a little bit more serious, but they need to do more. So from the Columbus angle, Bob McKenzie, again on Overdrive, said that Columbus is being all in, but not just all in for this year. Keep in mind, they're all in, but not crazy all in as if like, oh man, if we don't win the Stanley Cup this year, we're never going to win it. They've got a good young team. They're, they're not going to, you know, could they conceivably take steps back because Panarin and Bobrovsky are going to walk in the offseason? Absolutely they could. So there is a sense of, hey, let's maximize what we've got now. But they're not mortgaging the future so ridiculously large on that. And, and quite frankly, they're going to make a real hard run here at obviously doing well down the stretch and into the playoffs, but also convincing Matt Duchesne that it's in his best interest to sign and to have a prominent role on this team and ease the pain, perhaps, if Panarin goes out the door or when Panarin goes out the door. Now, there's no guarantee here whatsoever, and uh, they gave up a first-round pick. The two prospects they gave up are not, not bad prospects, but they're not guys that Columbus 
you know, couldn't live without. And so from their perspective, they're rolling the dice that a first-round pick and a conditional first if they were to sign. So giving up the two first-round picks and two B to B-minus prospects in, in Abramoff and David, Davidson, um, it's, it's worth it for them to take a run here, both short-term and long-term. So there you go for Bob McKenzie. I think that's a good point. And remember that conditional pick that Ottawa gets in 2020, first-round pick, if DeShane resigns in Columbus there with the Blue Jackets. Now let's move over to Ray Ferraro on Overdrive uh, yesterday on TSN 1050. Going from the other side, okay, with Matt DeShane going to the Blue Jackets, does that help Bobrovsky and Panarin stay in Columbus? Ten days ago or two weeks ago, Tortorella was asked in his latest media session about his centerman and he said we've got one center we've got one so you know why is columbus where they are boone jenner's a winger he's been playing center alexander venberg is their. he was supposed to be their number two center he's got uh, one goal since october those, those were their centermen now can you imagine you know you're, you're saying about just think guys when we were playing and when we got a good player traded to our team how everybody just like is so energized maybe this helps energize bobrovsky maybe they finally realize hey you know what they're not selling off here we're trying to get better like maybe they start maybe this aside from adding Duchesne helps pull their team a little bit great points by Ray Ferraro there on overdrive it's funny with Boone Jenner I called when I was doing play-by-play for the Oshawa Generals back in the day Boone Jenner was on that team and always a, a fan favorite but he's a grinder hard worker again though if you're the Blue Jackets he's, he is a winger you gotta upgrade you gotta do something else so what else do they do if they fancy themselves to make a run this year? But on Bob McKenzie's previous point, if they feel they can re-sign Duchesne, keep him, and build longer term, does that angle? The Blue Jackets just became a real, real interesting story to follow for the, at the deadline and then moving forward as well. Now, Frank Saravelli was on... Uh, Sports Center, I believe, yesterday, and he has the the trade tracker and the trade bait lines up on TSN.ca. But he spoke about the Rangers side of things, the status of Kevin Hayes and Matt Zuccarella. He certainly would, and he's been one of the hottest players in the league, Mark, which is why his stock has certainly risen here on the trade bait board. 21 points in his last 15 games. A guy that really struggled with his name being out there at the start of the year, realizing that his tenure with the Rangers might be over. But things have sort of really moved in the Rangers' direction. Once Duchesne has gone, they see the price that was paid there. Teams are starting to realize what the price is for Mark Stone, and so they're trying to look at what their secondary options are. There have been teams out there that have inquired about both Matt Zuccarello and Kevin Hayes potentially in a package deal. I think there's some teams that are leery potentially about what signing Kevin Hayes to a longer-term deal might look like moving forward, but he certainly is another guy like Zuccarello that gains more attention once the Duchesne trade happens because he's the next most prominent center on the board. So these guys are certainly out there. I'd expect them to be moved before Monday at 3 p.m. And a name that I find so intriguing on the list is Chris Kreider because this is an established NHL player who's still in his 20s. He's on pace right now to put up career highs in points. Like the New York Rangers, if they part with him, that is a huge add for a contending team, but it also could be a huge part of the New York Rangers moving forward as well. Yeah, I think that's the one thing that the Rangers are grappling with as they potentially listen in on a guy like Chris Kreider. I think a team would have to come in and knock their socks off in order for him to be moving. He's a guy that certainly fits that team moving forward. He can skate like the wind. He's put up 24 goals this season. 
And at 27, he's still at the age that you could leave there and help build around him moving forward as the game puts more of an emphasis on speed than ever before. There you go, Frank Saravelli breaking it down on Sports Center as we get ready for NHL Trade Deadline Day. Monday, all-day coverage on TSN 1050 on the television side, online. And I got a special Trade Deadline show here on TSN 1050 Sunday, 7 to 10 p.m., so make sure you tune in for that as well. Make sure you tune in after this break here on TSN 1050. James Harding, NHL.com fantasy hockey writer. We're going to break down how some of these deals how do they affect your fantasy roster, your lineup, and what the consequences are as well stuck up, stuck down. James Harding next on TSN Hockey Analytics. Get the meaning behind the numbers and more. You're listening to TSN Hockey Analytics on TSN 1050, the voice of hockey. Back. To wrap up TSN Hockey Analytics here on TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca, the iHeartRadio app. If you miss any of the show, it's okay. Subscribe and rate us on iTunes, the tsn1050.ca show page. And since we're delivered by Domino, since we hit the 20,000K Twitter following mark at TSN Analytics, at AndyMC81, this is what you got to do to win free Domino's pizza because I'm in a good mood. We're going to give some pizza away. You just follow the Twitter accounts at TSN Analytics at AndyMC81, and retweet the show pin tweet from at TSN Analytics. So when we the show's done, we're going to pin it up there at TSN Analytics. You retweet that, you follow the show, you follow me, and we'll have the draw on Monday to get it all done. And of course, hey, trade deadline coverage, people. TSN is the only spot you need to be TV, radio, .ca. I have a trade deadline special Sunday night for anything that breaks before the actual deadline day, 7 to 10 p.m. Okay? So we got you all covered, tip to tail, everything on uh, uh, the trade tracker as well on tsn.ca. You got to tra- check that out, the trade bait list. Mark Stone sits at number one now. Artemi Panera, number two. And Simmons at number three. You can keep track of that at tsn.ca. Let's welcome in now on the Domino's Pizza Delivery Line, James Harding from NHL.com. James, how's it going, buddy? I'm doing pretty good, Andy. I just have a question for you. Have you gotten your Carolina Hurricane Bunch of Jerks shirt yet? Uh, no, I want one very badly. The, the shipping to Canada, is uh, it, there's an unfortunate fee to that, uh, James. So maybe you can pick one up and I'll, I'll cross the border sometime and we'll meet up for lunch or something. I can get it. That, uh, we, we, we can talk about that. I, I think that's a plan. Excellent. Hey, you know what, man? Let's get to stock up, stock down. Let's go. Stock up. Let's do it. Stock down. There we go. So, James, give me your two stock up for this week. Yeah, first stock up for this week from the Boston Bruins is center David Krejci. Uh, he has a five-game point streak right now where he has two goals and eight assists and three power play points, and he has 13 points in his past 10 games overall. Uh, currently on pace to break the 70-point barrier this year, on pace for 71 points, centering the second line up there with Jake DeBrusque, who, as I mentioned last week, was starting to heat up and now has a five-game point streak, scored a goal in each of those five games, and rookie Carson Kuhlman, who has two points in his three games so far skating on that line. Uh, he's also skating on the wing of the first power play unit with David Pasternak out. So that's second line for the Bruins right now with Krejci and DeBrusque and now Kuhlman there. Uh, very, very productive. 
Krejci is only 34% owned right now. Hmm. He's a top 160 fantasy asset in Yahoo Standard Leagues, so he adds a lot of value to your to your lineup. He's available in over 60% of leagues right now, and he's going to be a 70-point scorer this season. Wow. So that, that, that needs to change down the stretch of the season right there. Uh, so Krejci is a must-own for the Bruins right now. And then my second stock up for the week, heading to St. Louis, and it's forward Jaden Schwartz. He has points in back-to-back games, and in six of his past seven overall, three goals, four assists, 15 shots on goal in that span. He's skating now on the first line there with Ryan O'Reilly and Vladimir Tarasenko. And right now, if you have exposure to Vladimir Tarasenko, I'm pretty sure me and you could probably each have about a four- or five-game point streak skating with Vladimir Tarasenko right now. Uh, So Schwartz only 32% owned, so even more widely available than Krejci. uh, And and with his exposure to O'Reilly and Tarasenko at both even strength and on the power play, uh, he is going to be a must-own fantasy asset for the remainder of the season as well with how good the Blues have been playing as of late. Now, Give me a couple guys we should be avoiding fantasy wise. For this week you got Barry and Ristolainen. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm massive drop off right now for Tyson Barry. Yeah. Uh only two assists and thirty four shots on goal in eleven games so far this month. The Avs have shuffled their lineup and they've split McKinnon, Rantanen, and um Landeskog up. So that has definitely affected Barry more than it's affected either of those three players right now. Uh, so I'm very, very down on Tyson Barry just because he's really lost that elite exposure to uh, the three of them when he's been on the ice at even strength. Uh, so I, I'm just not very high on Tyson Barry, especially for a defenseman who's 94% owned in Yahoo leagues. And then Rasmus Ristolainen from the Sabres, he's pointless in six straight games. And there were games in that span with favorable matchups against the Rangers, Devils, and Panthers that he did absolutely nothing on. And he has a very, very tough stretch coming up. They play the Capitals this afternoon coming up here. And then they have two road games against the Maple Leafs this week. And in between those two games, they have a road game at Philly and a home game against Pittsburgh. So two games against the Maple Leafs and a game against the Penguins and the Flyers. I'm just not very high on Rasmus Ristolainen right now, especially with the stretch of games that he has coming up in the next week. Fantasy stock up, a stock down from James Harding of NHL.com. Fantasy hockey writer on Twitter at jharding underscore hockey. Brought to you by Three Brewers Microbrewery. Restaurants, locations across the GTA. Great food, great beer, great times. And we started a hashtag that we'll get into more next week. James, if you want to tweet a fantasy hockey question, James will get back to you at jharding underscore hockey. Tag him, tag at TSN Analytics. Use hashtag hey. Harding and James will get back to you with your questions and we'll read the best ones on the air starting next week. So, James, one, and as the next week, once the trade deadline's done, we'll get into this in, in more detail. But let's say for Matt Deshane specifically, that's the big deal that's been made so far. What are the fantasy implications for him going for Ottawa to Columbus? Does his fantasy stock go up as kind of an extra bonus stock up or stock down? Uh, it does go, actually, up, in my opinion. I mean, he skated last night in his first game immediately with Artemi Panarin and Cam Atkinson there on the Columbus first line. That is arguably the best pairing that he has ever skated with in his career as a tandem on his wings. So, you know, when you look at what he was playing with and the production level that he was putting up in Ottawa, now put him on a team that's a legitimate 
playoff contender, and adding him makes them almost a legitimate Stanley Cup contender, in my opinion. And it was kind of a twofold move for the Blue Jackets. They get their legitimate number one center. He's a scorer. He can put up points. He's playing with two other scorers. He's excellent at face-offs, been one of the best face-off centers in the NHL for years now. And it keeps him away from a division rival like the New York Islanders. So it helps them with their scoring and center depth, and it helps them kind of shovel into one of their rivals in the division who they're trying to check down. But it definitely, definitely improves his fantasy value right now. And if you're in a position to maybe trade him hmm. in, a, in a season league or trade for him in a season league, his value just greatly went up for the last month and a half of the season right now. And James, to finish off, I have a fantasy hockey challenge for you, sir. I am throwing down as we are Uh-oh. ready here. I know. It's a, it's a big day. We got Leafs versus Habs, right, in the standings. Montreal just two points back of Toronto or three points back of Toronto. So this is a big one tonight. So I don't know if you heard of this. It's a, a new fantasy prop play site, monkeyknifefight.com, monkeyknifefight.com, and you can challenge friends for fantasy prop play. So I'm challenging you, sir, to this. I sent the email over to you. Who is going to put up the most points in Leafs versus Habs tonight? So the they have over-under plays you can do, like save who's going to get the most saves, who's going to get over-under points, assists, shots, steals. But this one, which three players overall from either team is going to put up the most points tonight between Montreal and Toronto? I've sent you mine. Who do you got tonight, fantasy-wise? You know, I I kind of saw this a little bit, and and it took me uh, a minute to kind of really sit there and think. And of course, you took the the, <laughs> the obvious guys. You took Domi, uh, Matthews, and Tavares, yes, I believe, which is just really not fair. <laughs> That's why I was the first one to put out the challenge. Next time, yeah, you can I, challenge I, me. <laughs> I, I, I could see that. So I, I I put under for you, by the way. Oh. I, I I said you are not going to to hit your mark. I'm going to say it's going to be. Uh, Marner, Gallagher, and Druen. Nice, and and that's a good yeah. point. The the over under four and a half goals. So if that is not reached and you picked under, then you win that monkey knife fight challenge. So you guys try try it out. Check it out. It's, it's fun. It's prop plays. It's a different way of doing uh, fantasy hockey. They have basketball and golf as well. They have baseball in the summer. And if you sign up and use promo code AMAC A M A C, they'll match up to fifty bucks on your first deposit. Pretty good. So. It sounds can, like a deal to me. You can challenge us. I love us. the name. What, a, what an awesome name it's, for a website. It's really cool. MonkeyKnifeFight.com. So, James, we'll see how it goes, and we'll, uh, we'll check in next week and see which one of us won that one. Sounds great. Good stuff, buddy. Thank you so much. James Harding, NHL.com, fantasy hockey writer. Remember, tweet him your fantasy hockey questions at jharding underscore hockey. Use the hashtag HeyHarding, and throughout the week, we'll pick the best ones and read them out on next week's show. That'll do it, folks. Remember, win free Domino's Pizza. Follow at TSN Analytics, at AndyMCD1 on Twitter. Retweet this show's pinned tweet, and I'll do a random draw for some Domino's Pizza on Monday. That'll do it. For producer Sean Lavery and Steve Eliopoulos, I'm Andy McNamara. You've been listening to TSN Hockey Analytics on TSN 1050.